everyone, it's Krista Bontrager and I'm your tour guide this year as we go through the Bible as part of the Route 66 campaign for Grace Church of Glendora. This is the Points of Interest podcast where we preview this week's reading and get you ready to get into the Word of God. Are you ready? Here we go. Well, it was from Genesis to today. More than four thousand years all the way. George John Dicks on Route 66. Welcome to week 29. This week, we're right in the thick of the book of Proverbs. We'll be starting in chapter 7 and working our way all the way through chapter 26. We're right in the heart of the wisdom literature this week. And this is the place where we, as New Covenant saints, can go to look for spiritual guidance about the day-to-day concerns that we have in our lives. Where can we go for spiritual guidance about lending and borrowing money, about saving money, making friends, or even getting some detailed instructions from the Lord about how to train our children or discipline them for godliness? Where do we look to get wise counsel about the meaning of work and play and success? How to choose a good spouse to marry. These are all the kinds of questions that the wisdom literature addresses, and in particular, in the book of Proverbs that we'll be reading this week. Now keep in mind that these are general observations about how life works. Some of them invoke very vivid imagery. Some of them offer a colorful picture of the ancient world. But most of all, just keep the big picture in mind that these are general observations about how life works and how to live a wise life. They're representations of the habits of human beings, general statements about common experiences that we have. Now, when we start up in chapter 7 this week, we're still in that opening section of a father's instruction to his young teenage son about how to embrace the world of wisdom, how to walk in the ways of the Lord, and how to avoid folly. When we get to chapters 10 through the first part of chapter 22, those are the Proverbs of Solomon. And Solomon, as we read back in the book of Second Kings, asked the Lord specifically to give him wisdom. And here in the book of Proverbs, we have that account of some of those wise sayings that God gave to Solomon. Now, in the ancient world, wisdom was highly valued by people. And in fact, there was a whole class of men who would assist kings in the ancient world. They were called wise men. You remember those, the wise men of Babylon and even the wise men that came to see Jesus at his birth. Those were a very well-educated group of men, highly attuned to how to live with wisdom. Now, in this case, in the Jewish world, they would have been guided by God's wisdom in particular, rather than consulting omens or or looking for supernatural signs. The Jews looked for the wise sayings of God, and in particular, many of the wise sayings of Solomon. 
We've been talking about some principles of sound interpretation of Proverbs. I wanted to talk today about another one of those principles, and that is that sometimes the Proverbs need to be translated in order to really be appreciated. Because sometimes the terms that they'll use or the images that they use to convey the main idea of the proverb will be steeped in the ancient world. And so to truly appreciate what that particular proverb is saying, sometimes we have to stand back for a minute and think of, okay, now, how might I translate this into my modern context? And just a couple of examples. Proverbs 22, verse 11 says, Whoever loves a pure heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king for his friend. Well, now, obviously, we don't live in a culture where there's kings. So how could we translate that into our modern context? One way we'd do it would be to substitute the word president. We'll have the president for his friend. But not all of us have the president as our friend. Another more common way to do it would be to to substitute the idea of someone who's in a powerful position of leadership in our lives. Maybe our boss or our pastor or somebody like that. So whoever loves a pure heart and whose speech is gracious will have a leader or someone in a leadership position for his friend. So if we want to build a bridge with the leaders in our lives, this is some ways to do that. Have a pure heart. In other words, be sincere, be a truth teller, but also be gracious in your speech. Another great example from our reading this week would be Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-four: Better to live on a corner of the roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Now, most of us these days, we don't live in houses that have flat roofs like in the ancient world. And also, we don't go up to live on our roof. In the ancient world, you could actually go up on the roof and use that as an extra living space. It would be especially handy in the warmer months where maybe at night you want to escape the heat of your house and so you go up and you sleep on the roof. And in fact, we talked way back when, when we were talking about the law, one of the laws we talked about was the importance of having a fence on your roof, that that was a way of expressing your love toward your neighbors because you don't want your neighbor to fall off your roof if he's up there. So anyways, Proverbs twenty-five twenty-four says, better to live on the corner of a roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Well, we don't have f- flat roofs and we don't live on our roofs. So how might we translate this into our modern context? Well, here's one way we might paraphrase the meaning behind this proverb. It's better to live in a garage than a spacious house with a quarrelsome wife. That begins to bring it in perspective. The garage is kind of an, somewhat of an equivalent of an extra space. It's not the most comfortable, but it's still a part of the house. Not necessarily a space you'd want to live in all the time. But if you have a quarrelsome wife, it might be better to go out and sleep in the garage. 
I think one of the challenges of reading through the book of Proverbs this week is just going to be the sheer volume of Proverbs that you're going to be running into. Oftentimes, each couplet acts as its own literary unit. And you're not going to have time to digest each literary unit as you go along, especially when we're reading as many chapters as we are this week. So as you do it, my best advice is just maybe try to jot down one or two Proverbs a day that strike you that you want to maybe write down in your study companion and meditate on during the day. Maybe take some time to think about how could I translate this proverb into my own culture, into my own situation? What is the big idea behind this proverb that it's trying to to teach me? Another tip as you read through it is look for the themes that interest you. Where are you at? Maybe you went through the Financial Peace University that we did together at Grace last fall. So maybe what you want to do is really take note of those places in Proverbs that are talking about money and debt in particular. Maybe those are the verses that you're going to begin to make a list of in your study companion. Or maybe you're a person in early 20s and you're thinking about marrying someone and you're thinking about a mate or you're hoping that maybe someday you will get married. Maybe begin to compile a list of things to look for as a wise Christian. What would God have you look for in a future mate? Maybe you're a person who is lonely and maybe you struggle with isolation. Maybe you could pay attention to those verses in Proverbs that talk about friendship and how to build a friendship and how to be a friend and get some godly input into your life and get some insight into how to be a good and godly friend. Maybe you're a couple who's been married for 15 to 20 years and maybe you're struggling. You're trying to figure out how to live with this other person and it's hard in the day-to-day struggle. Maybe the verses you're going to want to take note of are the ones that speak to your situation. Not necessarily to your spouse and what you wish your spouse would change, but what can you change? Are you that quarrelsome wife? Are you that husband who's lazy? What kind of spouse are you? And get some godly input into your life. Ask God to show you those areas where you can make changes and you can become an agent of change in your marriage as you change and begin to live a more godly life. The Proverbs are immensely practical, very theological, rooted in who God is, and then our lives are grounded in that, and then we choose to live that out in a certain way. The Proverbs give us good advice for how to approach life in a wise way. There's really just no other part of God's Word that equips us so wonderfully to walk wisely in the world as God's people. This is a wonderful area of scripture. So I really hope that you'll be able to just soak it in and enjoy the practicality of the book of Proverbs. Our souls would be so impoverished without this valuable section of scripture. There's so much here. I hope you will consider a theme 
in your life and take note of that in your study companion as you're going through the book of Proverbs this week. Where are you? What's speaking to you? What area of your life do you need to grow in that you need the Holy Spirit to begin to work in you and supernaturally change and transform and grow you into a wiser person? It's going to be a great week. The Proverbs is so rich. It's so practical and it's equipping for us in our everyday lives. I'll look forward to next week. We'll see you then, and God bless. Galilee, Shechem, Colossae, and Jerusalem City is not a pretty